How are the Utah tight ends looking heading into spring ball? And the women's basketball team is hosting a game in the NCAA tournament. We're talking about that and more on today's Locked On Youth. You are Locked On Youth, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. My name is JT Wistil, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. want to thank all you guys who continue to like, subscribe, and support our show on YouTube. You can follow me at JT Wistil on Twitter or our show at Locked on Utes. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the tight end position, how we think the guys are going to do in spring ball, who will be the breakout candidates. Also, grading last year's tight ends and then closing with some women's basketball talk because, look, I said Utah will host a game in the NCAA tournament. They're hosting multiple teams that will be coming in, and they're going to have a chance to host even more than that. So it's an awesome opportunity for the Utah women's basketball team. But we're going to dive into that in our third segment as i said we're starting with the tight ends and in order to help me do that it's friday the show and you zone contributor dante guardi dante starting with the tight ends i think the first thing that's just a, a little bit of a bummer is the best tight end for utah brant keithy won't be getting to go in spring ball i think we'd all love to hear how explosive he is instead we'll be hearing how his rehab is coming along very well which i believe to be true i want to believe it's true but i i mean we'd hear it's going well regardless of if it was or not but well, it's a bummer Brant's not going to be able to go. But the nice thing is Thomas Yasmin still going to be going. And look, Yasmin coming off the late season breakout that he had, I think a lot of people are really excited to see what he can do over the course of a full season. Yeah, I think with Thomas Yasmin, the, the main area of concern heading into this next season is just he needs to he needs to clean up his routes a little bit. I think those like mm-hmm. short intermediate routes, I think he kind of needs to clean those up because that's where we saw Dalton Kincaid make a huge impact. You know, those third and four, third and five situations where it just gets the sticks, break out, just get a little bit of separation and make a catch. Like we didn't see Thomas Yasmin really do that a whole lot in the in the Rose Bowl, which is kind of where I expected that to happen. I kind of wanted to see that from him. But obviously, you know, the big play threat is there. He's got great athleticism and great size too. So I mean the ceiling's definitely there for Thomas Yasmin to have a have a real formal breakout and not really just be a be a be a one play kind of hit hit him downfield threat. I think he could really evolve into a true tight end, a really good tight end at that. And it just comes down to if he's able to clean up his routes a little bit and just just be more effective um, in, in those short yardage, intermediate yardage situations. And then going back to Brandt, obviously it's unfortunate that he will not be playing spring ball. But I do remember during the season, he he talked about his rehab um, a good amount and how well it was going and how well the doctors yeah. did and how committed that he was to getting better. And, you know, this is a guy that has NFL aspirations. You know, I think he – when he first got hurt, he wasn't really planning on coming back to Utah. You know, he was preparing for the NFL. So he was really doing all he could to get back in shape. And now obviously he's going to be coming back to Utah, which is fantastic. I have no doubt in my mind that Brett is going to be back to it, back to his old self. You know, it's been a, been a long, he, he has a long time to rehab as well. Like that injury happened back in late September and he's missing spring ball now. So I think he's really going to hone in on just, just getting everything right and making sure that he's good to start the season. And I think he will be, you know, I think we're going to get that full Brent Keith and he's going to be uh, the focal point of this Utah passing attack. I absolutely agree. He's definitely going to be wide receiver one or just should, could say pass catcher one, but he's going to be the top targeted player on this team. No respect, no disrespect to Devon Bailey, who's also going to have a big year. I think we talked about the tight ends earlier last week on Locked On Utes. For the tight ends, Logan Kendall gone. Of course, Dalton Kincaid gone. The only other tight ends returning who caught a pass for Utah last season are Muneer McLean and Putu Tau. But when you're talking about Putu Tau and McLean, they only had two receptions um, each to Neely Putu Tau. the guy who came in a lot as a blocker. Muneer McLean, also a big physical profile. I think he's another guy who 
with athleticism to a redshirt sophomore coming over from Georgia. Well, a Georgia recruit that originally went to USC and then wanted to come over to Utah. Seeing this, how they use their tight ends. We know some tight end recruits decided that USC is better, but maybe near McLean's the kind of guy realized that maybe Utah's the best place to grow and be if you want to be a tight end. But these are two guys. We talking about the physical profile. I already mentioned McLean, six four. And when you're going to a guy like Putu Tautu, I mean, he's got great size at the position as well. I, I'm really optimistic about what both these guys can do. Yeah, Putu Tautu, 6'3", 246. I think those are the two guys that I'm most excited about to hear how they grow in spring ball. Because let's say something happens like it did last year where the where Dalton ended up going down. Then it's going to be end up – or where Brant went down last year, then it's going to be like, okay, who's the next guy that's going to step at tight end? I think the odds-on favorite has to be one of those two in terms of Utah's next receiving tight end. Yeah, we saw Pututau block a good amount during the course of last season, so it's going to be interesting to see how he kind of evolves as a pass catcher and if he can just become a true all-around tight end, similar to Thomas Yasmin, but to to a more extent. Obviously, we saw what Thomas Yasmin can do last year on the field. We didn't really see a whole lot with Pututau, so it's going to be interesting to see his mm-hmm. workload and his progression throughout the year. You know, Maybe he's a guy that can have a Thomas Yasmin-type breakout towards the end of the year and really just give Utah another downfield threat, another big play threat, just another threat in general to make this offense a lot more versatile. And with, um, with Munir McClain, obviously he's a converted wide receiver. And what, from what we saw from him last year, I mean, he only got a couple of passes, but I remember there was one. He had a nice little catch and run, had some shift to him. So I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what he does. And I think they they have very complementing skill sets, and they kind of need to improve where each other like don't really. I mean, I think Munir McLean is good on the receiving end, but has to clean up the blocking a little bit, whereas Putatau, great on the blocking end, needs to clean it up a bit on the receiving end. So spring ball is going to tell us a lot about both of these players, but um, knowing how Freddie Whittingham coaches up those tight ends, I have no doubt in my mind that, that they'll end up being all right. Yeah, and their guys, as we said, too, I think a lot of what we're going to see from them is even more so important for the year after when we're for sure you losing Yasmin and and Brand Keithy after this season. One guy Utah did lose last year, though, that was definitely important was Logan Kendall. I mean, what an unbelievable blocker at the tight end position. Everything this team wanted him to be coming over from Idaho, just an absolute mauler and mover of men. It was so much fun to watch him go out there, and especially when him and Braid Daniels were working double teams on the left side. I mean, either side he lined up on. He was just moving dudes, pushing the pile. There's a reason a lot of time that Utah would run to wherever he's at. And one of my favorite moments from last year is when he got to score a touchdown because I just love seeing a guy who does all the dirty work get that moment, get that opportunity. You could tell how happy that made Cam Rising and all the other guys too to see him get afforded that opportunity. So in terms of who's going to be the next Logan Kendall, I think a lot of people were questioning. Maybe it'd be Putu Tau, we thought. But uh, there was a position change that was recently revealed in a KSL.com article by a friend of the show, Josh Furlong, when he interviewed Kyle Whittingham, where Coach Whittingham said that Mick Sugaturaga, who was a defensive end slash D tackle in the Pac-12 championship game when they moved him inside a little bit, is going to be going from defensive line to tight end over. Now, I think you the reverse of this worked pretty well for Utah last year, right? When you talk about Connor O'Toole, a tight end who then went over and joined the defensive line, that worked really well for Utah as he really grew. It was one of the best examples I can think of of progression over the course of the season. Think about him against Florida. Anthony Richardson was having a field day targeting him in the option game to then the performance he had in the Pac-12 championship game getting after Caleb Williams and doing a good job against those USC offensive tackles. I think Mickey Sugutaraga is the guy who's going to come in. We already know how outstandingly strong he is. And I think he's a guy who, look, the coaches obviously really trust him. He's an incredibly hard worker. I think he's good. This is going to be a good transition for him. And I expect him to be kind of the main blocking tight end for this team. I think they had coach, coach Witt, coach Whitting, uh, Whittingham Jr. too have a lot of trust in him. So I think he's going to be the new blocking guy. 
Yeah, I mean, Mickey Sugurachaga was definitely not a guy that was warming the bench as a defensive mm -hmm. end last year. I mean, he was getting some significant playing time. You know, I think yes. he had three, three or four stops against the run against Florida. So, I mean, he had some pretty solid performances as a defensive end. So, I think with him moving to tight end or fullback or that Logan Kendall, Kendall position, I think it says a lot more about the defensive end room and how much better they are getting and how deep they are. The fact that they are able to just put one of their better guys on the offense and just not skip a beat. And I think it just says a lot about the trust that Morgan Scally and the defensive staff have in this defensive end room. And I think that they're going to be a group that, that progresses a lot um, going into next season. You know, we saw Conor O'Toole have seven pressures and a sack against USC came out of nowhere there. I mean, that's a, like we were saying, that's a converted tight end right there. So you can only expect him to get better. We also got Van Fillinger coming back. He was banged up a little bit last year, but he was leading the team with six sacks before he went down. And we saw what uh, Jonah Ellis also did throughout the, the middle stretch of the season. You know, as soon as that USC game hit, he kind of took off and started running and just was playing really good football, then unfortunately came down with an injury. So, I mean, this is a really deep, talented room, and I'm really excited to see what they can do. And obviously excited to see what Mickey Sugaro-Turaga can do on offense as well because we saw what a nasty player with that type of mindset um, can do with Logan Kendall last year. And I mean, if Mickey Sugaro-Turaga can come up with a – can come in with a very similar mindset. I think you'll find very similar success and it'll turn out to be a pretty good move for both sides of the ball for Utah. It definitely will be a good move. I think there's one other name I want to throw in. This is a deep sleeper just because I feel like all the other guys we just listed are more, the more likely options to be there. But Isaac Vajas, a guy coming out of Pleasant Grove High School. I got a chance to cover him a little bit. A 6'6", 268 tight end. He is a freak athlete and a beast. Like I just know from the high school days, like if he's a guy who I think if everything clicks potential wise, I wouldn't be surprised to see him rise up this depth chart. He's definitely one of the guys I look at and I'm like, man, I remember how excited I was when Utah landed him. So I, maybe it's not this year, maybe it's the year after, but I do think at some point we're going to be hearing a lot more of his name. Yeah, I mean, and you just look at the, look at what Freddie Whittingham Jr. has done with with these tight ends. I mean, you just talk about the athleticism. Like he found Dalton Kincaid at USD. I mean, yep. he only played he was only playing football for like two years of time. Didn't play football uh -huh. until he was a senior high school. That's why he he didn't get many offers. That's why he ended up at USD. Obviously, came over to Utah and did his thing, and now might be a first round draft pick. Obviously, Thomas Yasmin as well had never played football before. Big rugby player. All of a sudden, comes to Utah a couple of years yep. go by, and he's scoring touchdowns in the Pac-12 championship game. So, I mean, at this point, I have so much trust in Freddie Whittingham Jr. to just develop these tight ends, no matter who you are, no matter what your background is. If you're coming to this school, you are going to come out a beast. And I, I have no no doubt in my mind that Freddie Whittingham Jr. is going to keep doing what he's doing. I genuinely believe he's the best tight ends coach in the entire nation. I absolutely agree with that as well. I think what he's done has been absolutely outstanding. It's going to be fun to see how all these tight ends progress and what they do going forward. We're going to come back in a second and grade the tight ends from last year, how we feel like they did. Something gives me the feeling it's going to be a pretty good grading system there, Dante. But we'll discuss yeah. that in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. We're still trying to keep up with our New Year's resolutions, so make sure you guys go head over and get Built Bars today because they allow you to continue to eat healthy and not compromise taste. They're great for your New Year's resolutions if you're still trying to keep up with them or if you're just trying to get started and trying to lose some weight while not compromising taste. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. They come in unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Smith's or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Smith's or Sam's Club today. Grab yourself a box of Built bars. You can pick up a four box of cookies and cream, coconut puffs, salted caramel brownie batter, 
Puffs at your nearest Smith's, or if you're closer to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You guys can thank me later. Head over now to any of those places and grab yourself a Built Bar. Also want to talk to you guys about a new offer from UCCU. It's perfect time to open a low-rate home equity line of credit from UCCU. Over time, the value of your home goes up. As you make payments, that balance your your O goes down, space in between its equities and yours. A UC home equity line credit can put that equality, (laughs) equity, excuse me, (laughs) to work for you, like finishing your basement or yard and raising your home's value or paying off higher interest loans and getting out of debt faster or helping with college or weddings or peace of mind that comes from knowing you have a low rate, low line, a low rate line of credit ready for you whenever, whatever, and whenever you see, also provide you with your very own home equity visa card, giving you instant access to your, your equity. If you already have a home equity with another financial institution, just refinance with UCCU and save to learn more or to start your application today, visit UCU.com to, or stop by any branch. UCCU love where you bank. So Dante moving in now grading the tight ends from last year. I think first let's start with individual grades kind of. And I think there's only one guy to start with when you're talking about that. It's Dalton Kincaid, 70 receptions, 890 yards, somehow was not named to the Mackey Award watch list. One of the dumbest things I can remember in a while. Averaged 12 yards a reception overall. Eight touchdowns for him on the season. Made miraculous grab after miraculous grabs. His performance against USC is simply put one of the best games I have ever seen. Even games like the Pac-12 championship game against USC. Just out there fighting, giving everything he's got to. I give him a ton of credit for that, but just so many games where even like the Colorado one, or I think about the Washington state one where he's out there clearly hurt, trying to gut it out and put the team on his back too. It was so much fun to watch him go to work and battle each and every week. And once again, I just can't stop staring at that USC game, 234 yards on 16 catches, just absolute domination for Dalton. And yeah, I mean, the only thing Dalton can get from me is an A plus. Yeah. I, I, I can't, can't disagree whatsoever. Yeah. I completely agree. A plus a max grade, whatever you want to call it. Dalton Kincaid downright deserves it because he was a stud and like you said 16 catches in that usc game not to mention that he didn't he didn't miss a single target i mean can't target him 16 times dalton came down with the ball 16 times and obviously those 234 yards and a lot of those grabs speak for themselves and like i said before the show i mean he could have just played that game and sat out the rest of the year and i'd still give him a plus 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 yes (laughs) and and whatever i mean he was just so good in that game and so many other great moments like you pointed out and just being a warrior putting the team on his back and just just showing the showing the country what utah football is all about and just so much grittiness and toughness throughout throughout the season from Dalton Kincaid. And it was it was a blessing to watch a player like that um, really embody what Utah's all about and show it on the field. Now he's going to be a probably a first round draft pick. I saw some some hype about him going to the Bengals. How fun would that be watching him play football with uh, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, yes. Jamar Chase? I mean, that offense would be would be loads of fun to watch. And I can't wait to see what Dalton does in the NFL because what he did at Utah was so spectacular and he made so many awesome moments, awesome plays, so many great moments. And he was truly what Utah football is all about. I think you know he battled a lot of adversity through mm-hmm. his time here battled a lot of adversity to even get here like i said didn't play yes. football until his senior year in high school uh-huh. took the fcs route transfers to utah doesn't play a whole lot during the covid year the next thing you know he's the best tight end of the country and i say best tight end in the country because he was not only the most productive but watch the film like these grabs these moves i mean it backs it up he he's the total package for a tight end and in him not being on the being a Mackey finalist, let alone not winning the award is downright ridiculous like i said i can't wait to see what he does at the next level because he will not disappoint 
Absolutely agree with you there. So much fun to watch him. And you mentioned just big plays and kind of those big moments. That's one thing that made this next guy so much fun. Thomas Yasmin started out the season pretty quiet, but I mean, against Arizona State was one of those moments. I mean, one catch for 72 yards. Like that's like that. Whoa, let's remember this guy. He could maybe do some special things. You go against Arizona. He has two catches for 42 yards. The Colorado catch, of course, the USC catch, of course, and catching a touchdown against Penn State. All this guy did was make big plays. He had 300 yards, over 300 yards, six touchdowns, averaged 23 yards a catch. The only thing that's going to hold me back from giving him an A overall, A plus, I should say, he's getting an A for me. The only thing that's holding me back from A plus is I think blocking wise, I think he did struggle a little bit, especially against like Penn State. I saw him get tossed around a few times where I still think he's not a bad blocker, but I just think that's one area of his game he needs to grow in versus I think Dalton was a really good blocker too. And But Yasmin was such a pleasant surprise. I think you do in the end have to give him an A, Dante. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think the way I look at look at these types of things is like if you told me that um, Thomas Yasmin's stat line would be what it was at the beginning of the year and he made all he would make all these crazy plays and clutch moments like I would give him an, give him an A plus because I did yep. not really expect much from him at the sure. beginning of this year. Whereas even with Dalton Kincaid, like you could have told me a stat line. I, I wouldn't have been like I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have called you an idiot, for example. Like that mm-hmm. would have made sense to me because yeah. what he did last year just showed us everything. You know, we didn't really know where we were going to go with Thomas Yasmin and to see him break out and make some of these huge plays, obviously running over Kalen Bullock and route to a 60 plus yard touchdown, um, pretty much stealing the game for Utah in the Pac-12 championship game, the Colorado touchdown, of course, just so many awesome moments, so many big plays. And I mean, I, I might one up you here. I might go with an A plus just because like I said, yeah. I mean, if you told me that this is what Thomas Yasmin would have done before the season began, I, I probably would have called you crazy. Whereas with Dalton <laughs> Kincaid, probably not. I probably would have said, yeah, I could, I could totally see Dalton doing that because of mm-hmm. how he ended the season before and just how much of a threat he was um, in the red zone. But with Thomas Yasmin, I mean, what a season just blew out all the expectations and, 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 and more. So uh, for me, I'll go with an A plus for Thomas Yasmin, just another spectacular season, just blew out all the expectations. Like I said, and um, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch him next year as well. Next guy for the tight end room. We're going to grade is look, when you only catch five balls and you play as much as this guy next did, you'd probably be like, why in the world is he getting an A plus from you? But Logan Kendall, as I highlighted in the last segment as a blocker was everything and more this team could have hoped for. Truly one of the best blocking tight ends, not just in the Pac-12, in the country. What he did, and against Penn State too, He a lot of guys on Utah struggled against Penn State. He was not one of them. There's a Twitter thread that's really fun to watch of him just throwing and tossing dudes around. He's just once again a true mauler in the ground game. I don't think it could have worked out any better with what he gave Utah this past season. So he's another guy. I'm giving him an A+. Yeah, the highlight of my 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 Twitter scrolls during during the season was just watching Logan Kendall just throwing guys yeah. around because it seemed like every week there was there was more and more clips of it. I mean, he was such a such a fun player to watch, and obviously him scoring that touchdown uh, against Stanford was obviously fantastic as well. You saw the way that the, that the team reacted to that and really just rallied a, rallied around him because he was a guy that put in so much work uh, throughout the course of the course of the season. Another FCS transfer, another another diamond yes. in the rough from Freddie Whittingham. Just to let you know, guys, know that he is the best tight end coach in the country and. And uh, Logan Kendall, obviously just a fantastic player, uh, just really, really brought that killer mentality. And they call him the Rhino for a reason, you know, just watch the film, just throwing guys all over the place, made some spectacular plays in pretty much every single game. Ones that just really went unnoticed. And I don't want this to go unnoticed, you know, so I'm giving Logan Kendall an A plus. I don't want this to seem like I'm just giving everyone an A plus, but like these guys truly deserve it. Like this tight end room was so fantastic and they just blew all the expectations out of the water. Credit to Freddie Whittingham, credit to just everyone that was a part of their development because they were just fantastic. I think easily the best tight end room in the entire country. I, yeah. I'd, I'd say, I, I don't really think there's much argument there. I mean, Georgia was really good too, but I mean, Utah had so much variety and everyone just did their part. It was like the Patriots when they go to the playoffs to say, yeah. do your job. Mm-hmm. Utah football, their tight ends did their job to a yes. T and some. So, I mean, everyone gets an A plus for me personally, because that room was just so fun to watch. And I, I can't wait to see what they do this year. 
Yeah, I can. I'll hear an argument from Georgia just because of how good. Obviously, Brock Bowers is incredible. Washington too, what he did for them as a blocker and man, yeah. is he gonna, he's probably going to get overdrafted for his physical profile. But I still think he'd be a good player at the next level. So either way, but there is one other guy you mentioned, and yes, we are only limited to four games of him. But in those four games, it was incredible. And as good as Dalton Kincaid was last year, he obviously had the best game of any Utah tight end. I think for the second best game, I would still give the edge that a Utah tight end played to Brant Keithy's first game against Florida. Dalton has a couple other ones where he squeaks over 100, but you think about that hostile environment that Utah went into into the swamp, that narrow loss, who was the only guy that really showed up the entire game to me was Brant Keithy. Nine catches, 105 yards, averaging 11 yards a catch, scored the first touchdown of the season for Utah. Brant was an absolute warrior out there. His route, he's always already a strong route runner. His route running looked even better. I mean, to create the separation against those SEC DBs and just the safeties, the linebackers, everyone they were throwing at him was super impressive to me. I could not believe how good Brant Keithy looked. I predicted going into last season that Dalton Kincaid would lead this Utah team in receiving yards. I ended up being right. I did not feel like I was going to be right after I watched that Florida game because Brant looked like he was in for another monster year. And it's one of the reasons I'm so bummed we won't see him in spring ball because I think he's going to be an outstanding. I think, yes, you could give him an incomplete grade. I'm just going to give him an A plus because I think in the couple games we saw him, he looked incredible. Yeah, I mean, that opening touchdown was fantastic. Really changed the momentum of that game, forcing a turnover early and getting on the board um, pretty quickly. And then obviously he had that 30-yard catch too down the seam in a game where Utah just couldn't really get much going through the air in terms of chunk plays. And, and that play really opened up the offense, led to a scoring drive. So that was really awesome to see. And then I think another moment from that game that I don't even know if there's a clip of this, but I remember I was sitting up there, we were sitting right behind the, the Utah bench. And I mean, there was during crunch time, like during during crunch time when everyone was kind of like hanging their heads. I mean, it was a tired game. Obviously that weather was not ideal either. And Brent Keithy was the one going up to every player and getting them fired up to, to keep on competing and, and keep, keep on working hard. So, I mean, a leader, Fantastic player. He checks all the boxes um, for, for a for a Utah man. So, Brand Keithy, I, I agree. I mean, sure, the sample size was small. And, I mean, who, who, you can only imagine what he would have done if he, if he played yeah. full season. You know, that's that's what I'm trying to say. You can only imagine because we've seen what he's been doing since 20, 2019, 2018. I mean, he's been a focal point of this offense, no matter who's playing quarterback. Tyler Huntley, Jake Bentley, um, Cam Rising. Doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. Brand Keithy is going to perform, and I fully believe that he will this year as well. Absolutely agree with you. So yeah, only one grade you can give for the tight end group as a whole has to be an A plus for me overall. And it's going to be fun to see what this group can do next year. We're going to come back in a moment and talk about what the women's basketball team has a chance to do as they are officially tournament bound and a two seed in a second. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. They can bet on everything from money line to the points scored and threes drained. It also lets you combine your bets for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. You can do things like two times three points, two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes of the games, the money line, the spread, point player props like points rebounds assists it's all available at FanDuel so don't miss this chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you get to go to FanDuel.com slash locked on it's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment matter more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA also want to talk to you guys about our friends at RC Wiley with RC Wiley, they are hiring right now, and it's a great opportunity for you guys because they're hiring delivery drivers in the Salt Lake area. If you're looking for a rewarding career with a great group of people, come for work for RC Wiley. Utah's largest home furnishing store, RC Wiley, is currently hiring for delivery drivers at their largest warehouse by the Salt Lake Airport. Delivery drivers are the face of RC Wiley. They're looking for great delivery drivers in the northern Utah area. Compensation for delivery drivers is $24 an hour during training, and our average delivery driver makes fifty dollars to $80,000 per year. RC Willie offers a $1,000 sign-on bonus and hands-on training, including CDL training. No CDL is required right away. 
Many of their employees have been with them for over 20 years with a modern fleet of delivery trucks. RC Willie provide, prides themselves on going the extra mile for their customers and employees. Come make a difference and join America's home furnishing store of choice. Apply online at rcwillie.com slash jobs. Last thing we want to do, do want to tell you guys about too is the Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown. With national analysts and the insights from our local experts, Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown has everything you need to know to make the most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode on Locked On College Basketball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We'd love to hear in, the, in your comments too who you guys are rolling with for your brackets. I'm feeling a little biased. I rolled with uh, UCLA, just feeling that Pac-12 love, especially walking Jaime Hockey as do it. Do what he I thought that was incredible. Dante, real quick, who are you going with in your bracket? I want UCLA to win, personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as I really dislike UCLA because of the whole Big Ten thing, I mean, I, I love watching Tiger Campbell and Jaime Hawkins play, and they didn't sign up to play for a Big Ten team. You know, they signed up to play for the pride of the Pac-12 in, in college basketball, which is UCLA. You know, they, they mm-hmm. got all the banners. And watching those two just progress since they since they came in and as freshmen uh, has been so fun to watch, and I would love it to see them go out with a – Go out with a go out with a bang and win it all. But personally, I'm going with Houston. You know, they've been my team all year. I picked them to win it really early. Uh, they haven't really given me a reason not to. I know Marcus Sasser's yeah. a little bit banged up. That's their guy. But I, I do think it comes back, and I don't think um, they're they're, they're going to be given enough trouble um, in the early rounds to to really make that make make that loss uh, significant until later on, where when I think he'll be back. And I think Houston just just goes on a run. You know, that team is so so gritty. So they, 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 they work so hard and it's so fun watching them play every 50, 50 ball. They're diving on, they knock down threes. They force turnovers. That team is, that team's a lot of fun to watch. And I'm expecting them to come out on top. Speaking of coming out on top, that's exactly what we hope the Utah women's basketball team can do as they are officially tournament Brown and they found out where they'll be at, or I should say what bracket we knew they were going to be hosting. We knew they'd be a one or two seed just because of the loss early in Washington state conference tournaments still have to matter. It made sense that Utah would fall to a two seed. They were probably they were projected as a one going into it, but the early exit to Washington state, I will add a very good Washington state team who of course went on to win the PAC 12 as a conference, but Utah set up for their first game against Gardner Webb. If they win that, Take on the winner of NC State versus Princeton. Should be another win. Then a really interesting game against, look, I guess Michigan, UNLV, Hawaii, any of those could break through. I expect LSU to come from the from the other side of the bottom of that bracket. So I think it will be LSU versus Utah. LSU is a team that really interests me just because they're 28-2 overall in the season. But they really didn't. I mean, in terms of ranked wins, they beat – Let's scroll down and look at it because I had this up a second ago. They beat Arkansas, but that was back in 2022. That was their last ranked win because they lost to South Carolina and they lost that one 88 to 64. Now, South Carolina is one of the best college women's teams I've ever seen. So that's not a lot of shame in losing to that. But this hadn't really played anyone ranked all year. Now, it is hard to win, but I think it makes sense. You see them drop to a three seed because then they had the narrow loss to Tennessee, but still a team that only lost two games. So I think that will be very interesting to see how it all plays out. They take care of business. They'll see probably indiana up top and i I think they'll have a shot to beat indiana i mean look indiana does some nice things but this is utah women's basketball this season has been incredible there's a reason this program has barely lost any games all season when you look at what lynn roberts has done Alyssa peely what she has accomplished to coming over from usc jenna johnson gianna neepkins the list goes on and on deja young like there's so many players we can highlight for these utah women's basketball team it's truly a special program and a brand they build i really like their path to the final four and i think they got a great shot to head to dallas dante yeah, you know, they spread the ball around and they score and score and score. You know, it's not the worst thing in the world when three of your top four scorers are shooting 37% or better from behind the arc. When you got five players averaging more than two assists per game, when you got three players averaging double figures per game. I mean, this team, they score, they score, they score. And in March Madness, you need free throw shooting. And this team shoots free throws at a 78% clip. Their top seven scorers are all shooting free throws. 
better than 72%. So, I mean, I mean, they score and they know how to close out games. So there's definitely a path uh, to the final four for this Utah women's basketball team. They've accomplished so much this year. You already know that the chemistry is at an all time high. Um, they're going to be, they're going to be, the camaraderie is going to be there. The chemistry is going to be there. It's going to be a fun team to watch, you know, and this is a team that didn't really have a lot of expectations heading in. You know, I think a lot of people did expect them to, to make March Madness, but not, not to this extent, not to be a two C, not to be hosting multiple games. So, um, I mean, the, the camaraderie is there, the chemistry is there and the, the talent's there for sure. You know, I just, I just, I listed all the stats just now, you know, this team scores, scores and scores and they know how to finish the game. So it's going to be really fun to watch them compete. And uh, I can't wait. It's going to be fun to see how it all breaks out for the, turns out for them and reminder it all starts up at the huntsman so make sure you guys get your tickets now and head up to support utah when they take on gardner webb later this week that's going to do it for today's edition of locked on youths dante big thanks to you for joining us on the pod what are some of the fun things Thank you're you. working on for youth zone as we draw closer to spring ball yeah so last week i came out with just a couple predictions for like breakout players these were a little bit more cookie cutter i said uh simote mm-hmm. peppa sioni vaki and um and lander barton obviously we kind like of all that. expect those guys to break out they all they all they all performed pretty well last year and now they're all just gonna get more playing time i mean they're, they're all gonna explode so i mean i'm gonna do one similar to that for the offense but then once spring ball starts then we can really see some of these lesser known guys and see what they're all about which is going to be um the, the, the biggest thing to look forward to in my opinion just for spring ball because i mean we saw last year with guys like thomas yasmin guys like money parks who we didn't really Vele. know a lot about right yeah devon Vale. i mean we saw a lot of these guys that we we knew about we knew they perform we knew a little yeah. bit about their game but didn't expect them to to perform to that extent so i, I think with spring ball that's we're gonna we're gonna end have a lot of questions answered in terms of who could be those guys to, to have that that sort of impact um uh, this season absolutely and if you guys are in the market for a second listen every day make sure you guys check out the locked on college basketball podcast we're host Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bringing everything you know on and off the court. Plus, you can hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. March is here. The madness is set to begin this Thursday and Friday. For more help filling out your brackets, make sure you guys check in on the Locked On College Basketball to hear the latest reactions about the biggest snubs, the best games of the week coming up because March is truly one of the best times of the year. And Utah Spring Ball is kind of the cherry on top we get on top of the madness that brings with March. So make sure you guys check out Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you guys again for joining us today, and we'll be back with more Utah coverage on tomorrow's Locked On News. This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and a 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.